Hello, today is April 18th. This is Pastor Caleb, and you are listening to Simple Rhythms. Simple Rhythms is a daily Bible reading and reflection on God's Word throughout the week as we seek to have a simple and steady diet of devotion together each day, looking forward to when we gather together as a church on Sunday. Well, April 18th is a very special day um, for me. Uh, this is my six-year anniversary as associate pastor of First Baptist Enterprise. I was voted in on April the 17th. 2016, and April the 18th was my first official day on the job. So it's been a wonderful six years. So thankful for how this church has loved on me and been patient with me and allowed me to grow as a leader and um, and invest in me. And just, just extremely, extremely, extremely thankful uh, to be the associate pastor at First Baptist Enterprise. And nowhere else I would rather be um, also, uh, this week is an important week because we're beginning a new sermon series, and we're beginning a new sermon series on marriage and parenting. And this is just going to last a couple of weeks, and then we're going to get back into another book of the Bible. Um, but it's important to take these series from time to time to look at a particular topic, and, and marriage and parenting is certainly an important topic um, in the life of the church and in the lives of families. And so we're going to be looking at that from God's Word and hope you're excited about it and uh, be looking to analyze uh, your marriage, your potential future marriage. Uh, even in even if you're not married, single, it, you, you know, you need to understand what God's Word says about everything um, so that you can encourage others as you live together um, as a church family. So uh, this week we're going to look at marriage and parenting. Uh, we're going to sing this week a couple songs. One, Dancing in the Minefields by Andrew Peterson. It's a song about marriage and how there's all these minefields, potential minefields, uh, mines in, in the fields of marriage that you're going to be walking through that could blow up and cause a big hurt in your marriage, but uh, it's worth the risk is kind of what the song is about. And so it's about he and his wife and how they've danced through the minefields of marriage over the years and how God has been faithful to him in the midst of it. And there's another song by Andrew Peterson he wrote called um, Stick to the Old Roads. And it's a song that he wrote to his son. And it's about how his son's going to grow up and he's going to do this, he's going to do that, and he's, he's going to make mistakes, he's going to get hurt, he's going to do great things. Um, but in the midst of it, he encourages him to stick to the old roads. And the old roads is God's Word, the Bible. So I would encourage you to listen to both of those songs this week and be encouraged by it. Uh, today we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 5. And, uh, and it's going to be on the context of, of wives relating to their husbands. So Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, the Word of God says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So uh, what I want to do is kind of break down what this passage says and what it doesn't say in light of our current time. Uh, But what Paul is doing right here, Uh, is that he is giving the recipe for a successful marriage. And he goes on to talk about parenting in chapter 6. So really, the recipe for a successful family, for a flourishing family. If you're going to be a family that walks in faith in the Lord 
and flourishes. It doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. It doesn't mean you won't sin. It doesn't mean there won't be brokenness that comes about uh, or unintended consequences. But it means in your heart, the way you relate to the Lord and relate to one another, if you want to flourish and live an abundant spiritual life uh, in the context of your family, this is how it is to be worked out. And, uh, and so what is Paul saying? Paul is saying that there is an authority structure in the family and that God has created um, the family to be led by the husband, that marriage is between one man and one woman for a lifetime. That's his intention as, as Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 19 and Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and other places. Um, and throughout the letters of Paul and throughout the thrust of the Old Testament going all the way back to God's intention, the intentional design in the garden, uh, men are created to lead their wives uh, in, in a godly, faithful, um, uh, bold, yet compassionate, lion-hearted, aggressive in terms of work ethic and protection and vision for family and marriage, yet uh, lamb-like and gentle and compassionate and approachable um, in how their wife is able to come to them uh, in an intimate relationship. And when, when men uh, are faithful, then wives do not have to fear in their submission to their husbands because um, their husbands are faithful. And, and so therefore, they, they can risk being vulnerable in their submission of their heart and in their submission of their bodies and of their of their lives to a faithful husband who will lead and guide their wife, and so um, it, this this verse says that marriage works best when that happens. Wives are to submit to their own husbands. So therefore, uh, wives are not sub- to submit to all men. Women are not supposed to just just generally submit to all men. Uh, there is one particular man whom they are to submit to, and they are to do this to the Lord. Um, so, so therefore, as you are submitting to the Lord, wife, submit to your husband. If you want to submit to the Lord, you will submit to your husband. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So marriage, Jesus taught, uh, and Paul as well, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, portrays the, the picture of Christ in the church. So in its original, or it's an original creation, God predestined and foreknew that man, uh, even when he created Adam and Eve, that they would sin, that he would have to send a Redeemer, and that the Redeemer would be Jesus Christ, and that Jesus Christ would purchase uh, a people with his own blood, and that that people would be his church, and that that church would follow him and love him and submit to him. And and so just God knowing all, foreknowing all that would happen, designed marriage to portray that in its original design. And, and, and the marriage unit... Uh, the family unit, husband and wife, uh, Paul says, was a mystery that ultimately pointed to the relationship between Christ and the church. And so therefore, just as the church submits to Christ and is willing to follow him as its leader, that is how wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So, so the church should, uh, should be willing to, to follow Jesus um, trusting him, uh, allowing him to guide 
them and and in so doing they trust that he has their best interest at heart and and he is trustworthy and so therefore as wives uh, that is how the wives should how wives should relate to their husbands uh, and then this when this happens according to God's plan then the family flourishes now what does this not mean well this does not mean again that that women should submit to all men that's that's not found in the Bible what this doesn't mean is that wives should just be a doormat so if if they're this is not chauvinism. This is complementarianism. There, there's a difference between a male and a female. When they are married, they come together and they perfectly complement one another. Uh, this does not mean that the husband is worth more. Uh, they can be different in position, but yet equal in value. And so, therefore, uh, this is not chauvinism in the sense that somehow the husband is worth more than the wife. No, no, no. Uh, they are both equally made in the image of God. And so, therefore, uh, therefore, the, the wife is of equal value, though she is the one who submits. And, and this does not mean that the husband has, has the authority to lead in any way he wants and just expect the wife to submit. He, he is to lead in godliness and expect her to submit when he leads in godliness. When he does not lead in godliness, uh, then, then there is no mandate to submit uh, so just as the government has the authority to wield the sword, Romans 13, uh, in a way that guides and directs the nation towards righteousness, as long as they are doing that well, then, then the citizens should submit to the government. But if the government says you cannot believe in Jesus, then therefore there is no longer grounds to submit. So if a man is leading his wife well, then his wife should not bucket his authority. That's clear. Uh, she should submit to his authority um, because he, is, he has a God-given authority in that realm in the way that the government has, a realm, has authority in, in their realm. But if the husband is rebelling against God and being passive or being chauvinistic, uh, falling off on one side or the other in, in his incorrect manner, then therefore the wife does not have uh, the same obligation to submit uh, because he is not carrying out his God-given purpose. So therefore, uh, in order for her to obey God, she has to not follow his uh, immorality or his ungodliness. She has to follow God even, when, even though her husband might not. But as long as he is following God, or if it's unclear as to what the right thing to do is, and it's just a matter of wisdom, uh, then therefore the wife should submit to her husband. This doesn't mean that the wife cannot speak. It doesn't mean that she can't ask questions. It doesn't mean that she can't give her opinion. It doesn't mean that the husband should not hear her or go to her or ask her her opinion. All of that should absolutely take place. Um, but at the end of the day, there, there is a, an understanding of authority, and the marriage works best when that happens. But I just want to say, though, what's clear is that this is not just a cultural command, as some would argue. Some would argue that, that Paul is just, is just giving a command for that particular culture. Like, oh, there was some group of um, wild wives in that church, and so he was just having to, to deal with a particular issue at that time. It doesn't mean that this is true for every marriage, um, you know, regardless of time, that this was just true for that culture. 
Uh, but but that's 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 not the case. This is this is the design of God for the marriage. First uh, Timothy two, when Paul is instructing men to be the leaders in the church, he doesn't just say, "Hey, this is a cultural command because of some some uh, women who are acting up in the church." He appeals to creation. He says it's the created order as to why this is the case. So same way uh, with with uh, marriage. He in, in, in Ephesians 5 and then in 1 Corinthians 11 with uh, the wife and, and that the head covering was a cultural command. Today it could be the, the wedding ring. So the, the cultural symbol of authority could be different. But the, the framework of authority is the same because that framework is grounded in creation there in 1 Corinthians 11. So, so this is not just a cultural command that was true for those in the first century. This is a created order command that is true for every marriage since the Garden of Eden uh, and beyond. In fact, it is when when wives do not submit or when men take advantage of their authority and pervert it, either through passivity or obstruction, um, that that goes back to the curse of, of the wife wanting uh, authority over her husband and a husband abusing his authority over his wife that we see given by God there in Genesis 3, right after the curse. Um, it's when this perfect complementarian relationship works according to God's design is when the marriage flourishes, when the male is leading like he should, when the, when the female is submitting like she should. That is when the marriage flourishes the best because that is the way that God has designed it from the beginning. And though we have sinned and not lived according to that design and we need the gospel of grace, when that gospel of grace comes in and forgives us and the Holy Spirit fills us and allows us to live by the fruit of the Spirit, uh, one of the ways in which we get back, uh, we, we, we follow and obey through the fruit of the Spirit is to get back to God's intended created order to try to live in such a way that in, in, in the way that He designed the world. And that's through all morality in general, and it's through living out our marriages according to His perfect design. We don't do this because we want to be combative or belligerent. We actually believe this is how you will flourish, and we want you to flourish because this is what God's Word says uh, about how we are to flourish in our marriages. This has been Pastor Caleb, and you are listening to Simple Rhythms. Simple Rhythms.